Chris Gazza here with Matt Howell. On this episode of The First to Run, Matt and I get a little philosophical. We're going to be talking about men. Specifically Alex Garland's latest film, Men. Hashtag not all men, but maybe hashtag most men. After the success of Ex Machina and Annihilation and the rumored ghost direction of Dread, Garland returns with a horror film about toxic bros, bro, and so much more. Too much more? Then Cage Fest wraps up with Jiu-Jitsu, featuring a bunch of people apparently just picking up some extra shifts and a drop-in by the man himself. There's a style and rundown of the big releases on physical media featuring your streaming and straight-to-DVD picks of the week. And then Matt and I are going to close out the big show with a traditional marathon award ceremony. It's time to break down the best and worst, and much worst, of Cage Fest. Matt, I just want to set the ground rules here. Uh, I'm kind of excited about this. So, during the pandemic that okay. is clearly over, right? That we had an opportunity to kind of record some of our shows during the day, and that is ended. Yes. So now we are back at nights. Right. So I think things are going to be a little more loosey goosey. I am actually imbibing a beer for the first time. Let me show you how how little beer I drink nowadays. It's basically right. when I go out on special occasions. I'm going to present to Matt how old this beer is. Can you see what it is? <laughs> it's a pumpkin head. It's a shipyard pumpkin head. So that is a that is a an eight nine month beer right there. <laughs> <laughs> That's how frequently I drink beer nowadays. But you know, it's a special occasion. I love pumpkin ales. And next up, I have two Christmas ales I still have to tackle. Wow. And then so I think that's it. By fall time, you'll be drinking your watermelon ales and stuff? Perhaps. perhaps. Yeah. I don't think I've been leaning against not bringing beer into the house. Are you? Because I don't enjoy it as much as I used to. Yeah, I don't either, really, to be quite honest with you. I'm getting pretty yes. lame in my old age. No, yeah. So, And we have a big announcement that's going to impact just Matt and myself later on in the show will tell you about that. I'm very excited about this upcoming weekend. Either way, let's get freaky and talk about men. Hashtag men. Explain what's happening, please. Matt, that sounds terrifying. Skewy. So let me ask you, and I love doing this to you. What is men <laughs> all about? Um, so Harper Marlowe um, is uh, coming off a relationship that ended badly, um, though we don't know the specifics when we start off on the film. And she's decided that she's going to leave London and try and recoup in the country, renting a house, um, a kind of English country manor estate, rented from a guy named Jeffrey, who looks like uh, Rory McLean. Soon to find out that every man that she encounters looks like Rory McLean or Rory Kinnear, or Rory Kinnear. Too. Excuse me, but it doesn't seem to. She doesn't seem to notice that, which is just another question in and of itself. And then scary shit ensues. Here's the thing. My question for you, Matt, is uh, what is a metaphor? Too much metaphor. Is is Garland just laying things on here a little too thick, you think? Or is this just the meta-commentary horror film of our time? Here's my issue. As yeah. I feel like horror has been a outlet for social commentary through its entire run. Right. And I feel we may have lapped ourselves here, but I'm not sure. What, what, what do you think about that? So it's weird. So I was on board with this for a really long time. Um, mm -hmm. I was quite enjoying myself through this. I think it has some really creepy, suspenseful atmosphere. It has some gorgeous shots. But honestly, where I was going with it, and I guess maybe spoiler a little bit, um, there's a lot of imagery around like the Green Man and Celtic mythology. So I'm thinking this is yeah. going to be something kind of steeped in some kind of lore thing. No. So that's why I was like really looking forward to that. And then it just kind of wasn't. And 
I was really disappointed with that. And it seems that really what he is doing is just making a, if I'm being honest, a, a lazy critique that is like the lowest hanging possible fruit with no nuance or really anything to say, which I find really disappointing, especially given his previous films. Okay, so I'm going to say, Matt, that Men is at least, it's certainly interesting. I think at times it's downright freaky and quite scary. I think Jesse Buckley is all at once kind of fraught with guilt, grief, and anger. And she is finally free of this toxic relationship that was she in, that she was in, but in the worst imaginable way. And I think what Garland's doing here is giving us a visual representation of the psychology of somebody dealing and working through trauma. And that's basically what it is. This I I you can't take this film literally, I think at all. Mm-hmm. I don't part of me was thinking the whole thing was happening in her head until the end of the film when her friend shows up, mm-hmm. right? But still even maybe most of it or parts of it did. I think that Buckley and Rory Kinnear are entirely game for this thing and I think they keep this thing from collapsing underneath its own weight. I just wonder if Garland is just trying too hard with this film, trying to get this message over to us. Well, I guess, you know, think of uh, the other horror movies that we've seen recently, the RC horror movies that we've seen over the past few years. I think those films have a much better example of, you know, being able to deliver a message, but at the same time be you know, not hitting you overhead with this kind of clumsy metaphor and having kind of some depth to it and and some genuine kind of supernatural scares, whether that's It Follows or Hereditary or Midsummer or anything like that. We've seen those things that can be done and that's just kind of lacking here. Like, I agree with you that it is a very interesting film and I'm really disappointed the way it kind of ended up, but I don't know if that completely ruined my enjoyment of it. Man, I just really wish it was it had it had some like mythology thing going on because I really wanted that's what I wanted it to be end up being, and it just it just wasn't. So it was a bit of a disappointment. And what's interesting with Garland is that you know he didn't write Annihilation. That's based off of a book, so he can't even really be given a lot of credit for at least coming up with the story for that. Yeah, I mean this thing has Lovecraftian touches. It's got like I said the the touches of Celtic mythology. It's got some really interesting things going on in it. I just I just feel like betrayed by the by the ending really. Like it just kind of collapsed under its own weight. I see I enjoyed the it looked like it was going that route. I agree with you, but I it didn't impact me that that's not the turn the film takes. I think the turn it takes is a bit much and I just think the whole film, but maybe even particularly the conclusion when she finally processes all the trauma she's dealt with, is it's just something that gets out of Garland's control. Mm-hmm. I think that it's there's moments of it where I feel like it's almost look at me and look how clever I am <laughs> when I come up with this idea. And I think Garland is so in love with the metaphor and the story he's telling that it ends up swallowing the film because of the ending has. If he could have pulled the reins back maybe a little bit, it may have been a little more successful. But I want to be clear, I still enjoyed it. It's a thinking piece. It, you, this is a film that kind of sits with you and makes you think about what he's trying to say. I just sometimes, I think he just tries to cut off too big a piece of cake here. And it's just too much. But the setup, everything that happens, the encounter in the tunnel... The different people, how they're all Rory Kinnear, all this stuff. I think all that stuff really works. It maybe just fumbles the ending a bit, but I don't know. I don't know. I, 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 I've been going back and forth on this all week. Yeah. And like this parts of it I really liked and parts of it I think like it just, it just got too big for him. And he wasn't quite sure how to wrangle the whole thing in for a more straight, I don't know, straightforward narrative is not something you really need to do. But, no, so I think I, I would I, I would say I agree with you. I did enjoy the film for three quarters of the running time, maybe even right up to the the, the kind of climax um, at the very end. I really almost feel like it's he in a flash of inspiration. He had his kind of base, how he wanted this thing to end and kind of like, wouldn't this be cool kind of thing and kind of worked back into where it like he started with the ending and kind of worked back into it and... I just think ultimately 
the ending is not, I, I don't know. I, I mean, you can say it didn't really spoil it for you, but I think the, the kind of, this is going to sound unnecessarily harsh, but I think the kind of, uh, like high school psychology class, like, like, you know, metaphor of it is clumsy mm-hmm. and it's not really as clever as he thinks it is. And it's not really saying anything as clever as he thinks it is. And it kind of just spoils a bit. Maybe it puts a, a bit of a pall on the rest of it, but honestly, I would still recommend people see this movie and, and make yeah. their, come to their own conclusions. And I think a lot of it is worthwhile. A lot of it is just, like I said, is gorgeous. There's a lot of really creepy stuff in it. It kind of really keeps you thinking. And, you know, by the time the uh, the fifth the fifth uh, body comes out at the end there, maybe you should just turn it off and you can just leave it at that. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no, I I think that's, that's an accurate description. I ended up giving men, Matt, uh, probably as a film and then as a species in general. Mm. Um, right now I'm sitting at a B minus. Are you? Yeah, no, I'm not as harsh on the on the species. I, I don't think uh, you know there's anything particularly worse from from anybody else on this. Um, so I think it's a common misconception that you know we all suck as a as a as a species in general. I mean, I'm including everyone in the human race. It's not like anybody Fair. would do anything better. But yeah, so I'm gonna give it a sex. Huh? Yeah, whatever. Either way. Well, either way. As a sex. Either way. It doesn't matter. You got, uh, you're picking up what I'm throwing. I, I get what you're putting down. Yeah, I get what you're. I'm picking up what you're putting down. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. I like to mix my metaphors. I, I see that. Just yeah. like Alex Garland. Oh, zing. You've, <laughs> you've, uh, you've thrown the gauntlet down at Garland's feet. Next, we're going to get uh, a film about a podcast with two guys in it uh, with horrible, horrible things happening to them. Um, I'm going to give it a B plus because honestly, for, you know, however long the runtime was, two hours on this thing, for, you know, 115 minutes of it, I was I was pretty on board, so... That's interesting. It's a hundred minutes. Is it? Yeah. I'm just guessing. I didn't really look. Um, okay, a hundred minutes. So for <laughs> ninety minutes of it, I was pretty on board. There you go. Good times. Good times. Hashtag Men uh, is currently playing in your local theaters. If you had a chance to see it, shoot us an email at feedback at thefirstrun dot com. We'd love to hear your thoughts. We would both say check it out. Just you know, it's uh, it's a brain teaser there. Yeah. It isn't though, really. That's the thing. That's not not a brain teaser. It's It's not not. a brain teaser at all. No, no. So I don't know. You're going to build up more interesting things in your mind, and then when you do figure it out and you see where it's going, it's going to disappoint you. Mm. And you're going to see a lot of penis for no reason. I don't know if no reason is the appropriate (laughs) way to say that. All right, let's keep. Don't go see it with your. Don't go see it with your grandma. (laughs) Coming up on physical media this upcoming Tuesday. May 31st, we are almost halfway through the year already. That is just, it's sad. It makes me sad. Some new stuff, mostly catalog stuff, and as the kids say, an S-ton of UHDs. You're a smart insurance man, aren't you, Mr. Neff? Well, I've been at it 11 years. Doing pretty well? Well, it's a living. You handle just automobile insurance or all kinds? All kinds. Fire, earthquake, theft, public liability, group insurance, industrial stuff, and so on right down the line. Accident insurance? Accident insurance? Sure, Mr. Dietrichson. Wish you'd tell me what's engraved on that anklet. Just my name. As for instance? Phyllis. Phyllis, huh? I think I like that. But you're not sure. I'd have to drive it around the block a couple of times. Mr. Neff, why don't you drop by tomorrow evening around 8.30? He'll be in then. Who? My husband. You were anxious to talk to him, weren't you? Yeah, I was, but uh, I'm sort of getting over the idea, if you know what I mean. There's a speed limit in this state, Mr. Neff. 45 miles an hour. How fast was I going, officer? I'd say around 90. Suppose you get down off your motorcycle and give me a ticket. Suppose I let you off with a warning this time. Suppose it doesn't take. Suppose I have to whack you over the knuckles. Suppose I bust out crying and put my head in your shoulder. Suppose you try putting it on my husband's shoulder. That tears it. Damn! That, of Snack course... queen. Woo! Is the archetype. The... I guess the one that all film noirs maybe are measured up against. The One of the OGs. Mm-hmm. Billy Wilder's Double Indemnity. Featuring Fred McMurray 
And if you only know him from My Three Sons, boy, are you going to be in for a surprise. Mm. Is uh, getting its UHD release from the Criterion Collection. Includes a brand new 4K restoration, audio commentaries, new interviews, and more. Matt, I bought this on Blu-ray about four or five years ago. Yeah. But I made double dip. Uh, double indemnity is... I love that film. You shaking your head. Not a fan? No, I mean, I, I, I've seen it. I actually, we had to watch it for a film class, and that was the first time I saw it when I was back in college. But I just always think it's... Whenever I think of Double Indemnity, I just think it's how funny it is, like, where the hard-boiled guy is like an insurance adjuster. I mean, that's like... That's your detective, <laughs> is an insurance adjuster. <laughs> Good times. So, uh, also coming up, Omar Epps stars in The Devil You Know. And then, after a lifetime of trouble has to change to turn things around, the love and support of his family, Matt... As he tries to do the right thing by his family, he finds himself spiraling back into the dark place he overcame. Also coming up from Music Box, Matt, you saw this a couple years ago as part of your Sundance ticket, and I haven't had a chance to catch up with it, so maybe now I can. It is Albert Bernie and Kentucker Audley's Strawberry Mansion. Mm. So uh, I don't remember what you thought about it at the time. Do you recall? Yeah, it was weird. It's really weird, but it's it's worth a watch. So... It's to get to sit in the future where the government records your dreams and taxes them, and a dream auditor gets caught up in the dreams of an aging eccentric. So, uh, yeah, I want to check that out. What else is coming up here? Cinema Guild is putting out Introduction. This is Hong Song Soo's film about a young man who travels from South Korea to Berlin to surprise his girlfriend. Uh, won the Silver Bear for Best Screenplay at the Brunel Award Ceremony, and there's some other feature that's included. Logo USA is releasing the horror film Row 19. A young female doctor and her six-year-old daughter are on an overnight flight in a violent storm. When passengers on the half-empty plane inexplicably begin to die, the woman's grip on reality weakens as she's forced to relive the worst childhood memory she has. I can't... So is it... Her memory is a nightmare of her being on a plane with a bunch of people dying? It'd be a weird coincidence. What else we've got coming up? Mother Schmuckers from Vinegar Syndrome and Dark Star. Ishachar and Zublon, two brothers in their 20s, are supremely stupid. And never bored, as madness is part of their daily lives. When they lose their mother's beloved dog, they have 24 hours to find it, or she'll kick them out. This is a French film, I think, Matt, because there are a lot of special features with words like La Brigade du Couf, Bugos, Jabosson d'Amour. So I'm going to assume this is French. New to Blu-ray, Criterion is also releasing Chan is Missing. Two cab drivers search San Francisco's Chinatown for the mysterious Chan who disappeared with her $4,000. Includes a making of documentary and more. Shout Factory is releasing Poupel of Chimney Town. There's an animated movie about a factory town that's covered by chimney smoke. And as the townspeople haven't seen the sky in centuries, they no longer believe stars exist. A chimney sweep and a friendly monster named Popu. I don't know if I'm saying that right. Poupel? Popon? I can't see it. Decide to prove that stars are real. Could the discussion with the director and creator and more. Sandpiper is putting out Eye of the Needle. This is a Donald Sutherland thriller that is supposedly not terribly good. Uh, he plays a ruthless spy known as the Needle who's trying to get out of Britain back to Germany with information to prevent the D-Day invasion. Could an alternate ending. Sandpiper is also releasing Oliver Stone in Salvador featuring a just horrible person, uh, James Woods. That's getting released. Alien Private Eye is coming out with a brand new 4K restoration. An alien sent to Earth match retrieve a drug that is sent here on a black disc has to fight her race's enemies who are also on Earth to search for that drug. Brand new commentary track included with that as well. It's that time of the month. Vinegar Syndrome is releasing all of its partner labels. So, uh, Fun City Editions is putting out Born to Win. This is a George Siegel movie with a brand new 2K restoration. Canadian International Pictures along with Vinegar Syndrome is putting out The Mob with a 2K restoration. Video Murders with Culture Shock releasing is coming out with a full-length commentary and some new interviews. Yellow Veil Pictures is putting out They Look Like People with some deleted scenes and a director's commentary and more. Deca- How do you say this? Decanologue? I'll go with that. Is be- Is putting out Take Me Somewhere Nice, which includes... Three short films uh, by the director as well. And uh, what else would come out? Uh, Factory 25 is putting out other music, which includes some extra reels with deleted scenes. And Terrorvision is putting out Love and Saucers with an audio commentary and a, with the director and producer, as well as a Q&A with the star. 
The Burglar from Hell is being released by Saturn's Core Audio and Video with a brand new transfer from recently unearthed SVHS tape. Audio commentary included and new interviews. And then uh, Label Circle Collective's putting out Beauty Day, featuring some deleted scenes and a 20th anniversary special. Altered Innocence is putting out The Islands of Jan Gonzalez and You and the Night, uh, two films in one package. So if you like your Vinegar Syndrome partner labels, these are all your releases that are about to come out. Matt, some UHDs that you're going to be excited about. I wonder if you'll upgrade these. Okay, Mm. let's find out. A fistful of dollars and a few dollars more. Ooh, it's just those two. Yeah. Do we already have a? Do we already have a, a UHD of Good, Bad, and the Ugly? I don't know. I think we do. I know we have one for uh, Once Upon a Time in the West. Yeah. The, uh, I will hold off upgrading until I can get all three in UHD. Fair enough. What about Brian De Palma's The Untouchables? Um, believe it or not, I actually don't own The Untouchables. In fact, if I do own it, it might only be in DVD. So yeah, that would be an easy pull. I bought that for five bucks on iTunes like a year ago. So uh, yeah. I don't Haven't think I'll be upgrading that. Looks good. Still holds up. It's still pretty uh, good. Yeah. Uh, the musical 1776 is coming out. I know you're a big fan of musicals, so you probably pre-ordered that one. That's yeah, uh, true. Happy Death Day and Happy Death Day to you. Both coming out yeah. individually and as a two-pack. I enjoyed those movies, but I don't know if I'll ever watch them again. You? Uh, Yeah, I caught happy death day on like one of the movie channels or something and i sat down and watched it it was it's fun but it's that type of movie like you just catch it on tv sometime and just watch it vinegar syndrome is putting out a bunch of stuff one something called flesh eater about a group of college students on an overnight hayride to come across a group of man-eating zombies i like have to throw in the man-eating because they could be mm. you know vegan they must fight right. their lives while trying to escape and warn the authorities a brand new 4k restoration from the original 16 millimeter camera negative Brand new audio commentary, a whole bunch of interviews as well for Flesh Eater. Uh, they're also putting out Death Wish 2, the uh, Charles Bronson film in uh, 4K. Includes the alternate TV version. I believe the unrated cut is included on this as well, as well as an audio commentary uh, and some uh, other goodies. Also, what I'm seriously picking up, Matt, I have not seen this film in probably 35 years. I loved it as a kid. Do you remember Cloak and Dagger? No. With Elliot I, from E.T., what's his name there, and Dabney Coleman? Oh, yeah, yes. Now I do. Yes, I do. So that's getting a UHD release from Vinegar Syndrome. Uh, we got here a 4K restoration from the original camera negative, a commentary track with the screenwriter moderated by Joe Lynch, uh, which is exclusive to this release. Uh, a brand new extended making of documentary called Konami. Is it? How do you say it? Konami, the video game company? Yeah, Konami. Why? Well, I feel like I'm not saying that right. Konami codes and cult classics, programming cloak and dagger, a 40-page perfectly bound book featuring an interview with the screenwriter and more. I may pick this up. I haven't watched this movie like I said in a very long time, and it may not hold up. But yeah, I've I've discovered that most things that you remember like that when you were a kid do not hold up very well. And the 80s was weird too because it was a time of like kids in real peril movies, which yeah. you don't really see anymore. Right. And uh, what else we got? Vinegar Syndrome is also putting out Thriller, A Cruel Picture. This is the legendary Swedish film that is kind of, it's a revenge movie about a woman who was assaulted. And she, uh, I think she was, what is it? She was a, she was hooked on drugs and turned into a prostitute. And then she basically goes after everybody that turned her into that life and kills them. But there is a full adult version of that movie, if you know what I mean. It's Swedish. You know, what do you expect? Mm-hmm. So included on that set. And also Vinegar Syndrome is putting out the, and I'm saying this legitimately classic, Miami Connection in 4K. I bought this on Blu-ray from Alamo Drafthouse about five years ago, and it is wonderful, Matt. It's wonderful. Miami Connection is one of those so bad it's good movies. It's about a martial arts rock band. I know you're hooked. You're hooked right there. I'm, I'm, yeah, I'm intrigued. Who goes up against a band of motorcycle ninjas who have tightened their grip on Florida's narcotics trade. Of and exclusive course. to this set is the long-lost pre-release version of the movie called Escape from Miami, which has a bunch of additional and extended scenes. So I don't know if I'll upgrade. I really need to see Escape from Miami. But I can tell you, if you have not, I'll put it this way. If you haven't seen Miami Connection, check it out. Track it down right. and watch it. 
It is a blast. All right. Straight to DVD pick of the week, man. I'm going to go with Yeti, Giant of the 20th Century from Code Red. It's basically a, you know, it's funny when I copied down my thing, I copied the wrong thing. So it's basically about a Yeti. A bunch of people go up against the Yeti. I'm just going to say that, and it's supposed to be bad. So there. Sorry, I have to fire another intern. <laughs> so I looked up Miami Connection. You can get it. Uh, you can watch it for free on that uh, freebie that used to be called uh, IMD TV. IMDB TV. So okay. maybe I'll check it out for free. What should we be streaming this week? Glad you asked, Chris. I'm going to suggest that you watch. Um, I've been I've been reading um, some old Stephen King books um, to see if they're any good because I read them when I was probably way too young, um, and that got me wondering about watching some of the film versions of those. So I watched John Carpenter's Christine about a 1958 Plymouth Fury that is possessed. And runs down those who wronged it and its owner. Um, directed by John Carpenter. Maybe a spoiler for things to come soon, Chris. Why don't you get on it? Um, has a really awesome John Carpenter synth score. It is not great, but it does have its <laughs> moments. And when it when it's on, it's pretty on. And it's, it's got some really effective parts in it. And it's a nice slice of 80s cheese. Excellent. And I found my notes here. So I basically just Googled it about the Yeti movie. So there's never been a Bigfoot like this, Matt. Stylized after the legendary 1976 King Kong remake, this little-known import finds a group of scientists and explorers tinkering with Mother Nature when they stumble upon a century-old Yeti in the frozen tundra. Of course, their first instinct is to thaw out the savage Sasquatch and profit from him in the name of research and entertainment. But this hairy giant has other plans, Matt, and like his cinematic cousin Kong, He's looking to grab the girl, climb the tallest skyscraper, and smash the city to shreds. This snowman is ready to kick major ice. Yeti, giant of the 20th century. Okay. I've always felt, Matt, it's best just to rip the band-aid off. Uh-huh. Don't, don't drag it out. And uh, I got to tell you, out of the films we were supposed to watch for this marathon, I was actually most excited for this one. Yeah, yeah. So, I can see where you were coming from with that. People make mistakes. But don't you see? That's what she was there for. That was the plan. To give you a boner. <laughs> and you got one. Congratulations, you're human. What do you say we cut the chit-chat a-hole? Oh, what is that? What is that? What is it? Oh, no, not the bees! Not the bees! Ah! How could somebody misfile something? What could be easier? It's all alphabetical. You just put it in the right file according to alphabetical order. You know, A, B, C, D, E, F, G, H, I, J, K, L, M, N, O, P, Q, R, S, T, U, V, W, X, Y, Z! Huh? That's all you have to do! Very good. You know your alphabet. I didn't misfile anything! Not once, not one time! I'd like to take his, his face off. How, in the name of Zeus's butthole, did you get out of yourself? Am I getting through to you, Alva? What are you going to do for me? What do you think I'm going to do? I'm going to save the fucking day. Wake up, son. I'll be taking these huggies and uh, whatever cash you got. You're in my shirt! You're in my shirt! I'm Nick fucking And that's it. That's just the last time you're going to hear that wonderful, wonderful intro. I will, I'm disappointed, Matt, because yeah. you don't know this at, at home, folks, is that every time the face-off clip comes up, Matt would imitate the exact gesture that Cage does when he says his face. <laughs> So let me ask you, what is your favorite clip out of that entire run there? 
Um, For me, it's got to be the bees. It's the bees. Yeah, it's got to be the bees. It's got to be the Wicker Man. Um, And I I just got to say something, folks. So when I suggested this marathon, what I was hoping is we would find films that would give us more little bon mots that we just heard. Like those little nuggets of cage brilliance. Mm -hmm. I'm sorry. I'm sorry, guys. I'm sorry. I'm sorry, Chris. I'm sorry, internet listeners, fans. But I think we've discovered the issue, and we will talk about it when we talk about the awards. So continue. Oh, interesting. All right. Mm-hmm. So okay, so let's talk a little bit about the latest and the final film in our Cage Fest, Jujitsu, written and directed and produced by uh, Dimitri Logothius. Logothius, sure. Who also wrote the comic book? I guess that this is based on. Okay. So total creative control here, right? So good for Dimitri. Yeah, I guess. And featuring an all-star cast, not only do we have Frank Grillo, Juju Chan, Tony Ja, Nicolas Cage, but we have, I would say, maybe the highlight of this marathon for anybody not named Nick Cage, and that is our star, Elaine Mossi. Yeah. Who is, who delivers, I think, one of the worst performances in a film I have ever seen. <laughs> and... We're gonna. I'm gonna play you a clip when we jump into the Cage Fest awards from this movie, where Cage basically breaks down what Jujitsu is all about, right? Um, and his reaction to that, which isn't saying anything, he just does this kind of like unbel- this kind of take, like like, whoa, you blew my mind, type of a thing, right? And I want to like turn that into a GIF and frame it and put it in the <laughs> Louvre. It is so incredibly bad. So, jiu-jitsu, basically, Matt, every six years, there's an ancient order of expert jiu-jitsu fighters, and they have to face this alien who comes to Earth. Because, see, Matt, I don't know if you know this, but thousands of years ago, the aliens taught jiu-jitsu to us. Ah, makes sense. And so what they do is they come here every six years to kind of this, along with a comet, and then they have to fight all the chosen, chosen warriors. Now, if they don't fight all of them, and there's like five or six of them, there's a bunch, then the alien will go in and kill everything that lives, which I think states that they've always fought everybody because then then this jiu-jitsu movie would never have happened unless they repopulate the earth. Right. If they did it anytime. Either, either way, we're not going to call this movie a predator ripoff, even though that's clearly what it is many, many times over. Or a Mortal Kombat ripoff. Sure. A, a Predator Mortal Kombat mashup by somebody who hates both of those movies. <laughs> but it is... It's atrocious. I, I, and what's interesting is to me, I love how this ultra-cheesy 80s concept of a movie. Yeah. And if they could have leaned into that a little more and gave me a little yeah. wink and a nod once in a while... Right. Maybe I would have been on board for what I think is just an unmitigated disaster. Am I wrong, Matt? What are your thoughts on jujitsu? Yeah, it is by far the worst movie we see we saw for this uh, marathon. And that's really saying something. Like the the bar was set pretty high with an unbearable weight of massive talent, but it is just dropped steadily um, for every film that we've watched, and we have really hit the the nadir here of how bad these things have gotten. It's not even, I can't even recommend it as in it's so bad it's good. It's so bad it's entertaining kind of thing because it's just not. It's just incompetent. The stuff that they think is going to be cool is not cool. Um, the action is laughable. The acting is is just incredibly poor. And I thought it was hilarious. I'm, I'm sitting here watching this thing. And once again... Nick Cage doesn't show up until like 40 minutes into the film. Well, he's in um, the first like five. Did I must have completely missed that because so I did. He, I was watching it quite intently and I don't remember seeing. He him. was like on the boat when they rescued the guy and when he first falls off falls off the cliff. Uh, okay, so I was eating dinner at the same time, so I must have looked away long enough to to see that to miss that. And there is a twist at the end of this film. I I wanted to throw my remote at my television because it's so. <laughs> lazy and hackneyed it's a, it's a way for them to attempt to add some stakes or a twist for you sure. to go what but it, it's more just like what are, what are you doing what are you doing yeah 
And the best part of this film was I'm looking at this this Elaine Moosey guy and I'm like, man, that's like dollar store Frank Grillo. And then all of a sudden Frank Grillo shows up in like the next scene. <laughs> it's I'm like, oh, they went out and got too. the real thing. They're all here too. Like they're just kind of pop into the movie and then walk out again. It's all like they yeah. were just happen to be working on a movie on a set over. And they're yeah. like, hey, you want to do a walk on on our jujitsu movie? And like, yeah, all right, sure. <laughs> Is this guy yeah, like that's Moosey guy? He's uh, I guess he's been heading up the Kickboxer relaunch. There's a whole franchise uh, of those movies. Gotcha. Which it is just sad. I yeah. mean, because Kickboxer, listen, I watched that recently and it's not great. It's but it's, it's fun. fun. It is yeah. fun. Yeah. This is neither of those things. I don't understand. I like myself a good himbo action star. I do. Yeah. But I need a little bit of range. Just a, just a, a little, a dusting of range. And this guy's got nothing. I <laughs> a swear. dusting of confidence. Matt, I feel like I could hear him thinking while he's just deciding what facial move future to, uh, you know, to relay to us to react to somebody's statement. It's like Dimitri's right off camera, like yelling at him, Emote! Emote! Now you're, you're surprised! <laughs> Jesus Christ, somebody... Somebody flash a light in his eyes so he looks surprised. And, and I, I like how Tony Jaw just kind of reappears at the end, too. Yeah. It's like I said, all the stars had limited veil- availability, so they just kind of poke in and out of this thing. It is just bizarre. And I like, too, how the definitely not a predator character, alien guy, mm-hmm. who taught them jujitsu, so he wants to right. come and fight them right. via, via jujitsu, shows up like in a super suit. That has a whole bunch of weapons in it, and then healing abilities as well, because that seems right. fair, right? Right. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. I really the core of jujitsu is to cheat. I think is what it is. And let's spend a minute, Matt, and talk about the action scene. Yeah. This film comes in at what's it coming at? One hundred and two minutes. There's yeah. probably eighty minutes of action scenes in this movie, uh-huh. and you'd think, wow, that's awesome. <laughs> But this is the first time I felt like the action scenes were filler. Like yeah. half of them feel like we're padding the film out. Yeah. And make no mistake, folks. These action films are like if Chris and I went out into his backyard with my iPhone and we had Mrs. First Run like film us like shoot, pointing guns at each other. That's what this is. It's it's that bad. Yeah, there are a couple of them where, you know, somebody throws a punch and you see like six inches of daylight between the <laughs> punch and the guy's face, you know, flying backwards. It is really just a complete disaster. And I'll say this. I think I think Cage is better in this than he was in uh, A Vengeance of Love Story. But you think so? I think so. But he's barely in it at all. Yeah. Maybe because Cage feels like he knows he's like he's the only one in on the joke, whereas with Vengeance, it looks like he's taking too many Ambien and watered on set kind of thing. I don't know. It could be. There's one choice he makes. I don't know. I get the comic book panels. I appreciate that, you know, because mm. we're, we're based off of a comic. That's fine. But we have this weird kind of zoom in and zoom out and then first person perspective shot oh, yeah. changes like for Awful. no reason. I don't it, Right. It's just it's a it's a mess. It's an absolute mess, Matt. I, I'm I'm talking to myself here, and I'm thinking I gave this a D minus, but I'm wondering if I should just go straight F. The more you I should think definitely about it. go straight F. Yeah, D minus is giving it way too much credit. This is an F film, and I hope this is the only one we see for the rest of the year. We've done our duty for 2022. <sighs> this was it. God, it's just, what is happening in this thing? It is so just rock stupid. I don't know. Whatever. I, I'm going to tell you just, we're going to play the audio clip next, but you need to, you know what? The movie's on Netflix. Go to about the 46 minute mark in the movie. That's where Nick Cage explains everything that's happening, what you're about to hear. And you have to watch uh, Amosi's response, his reaction to right. Cage explaining everything to him. And that's just like the perfect distillation of this entire film. Is his, his like, whoa. You know, it's, it's, it's chef's kiss awesome it's, it's horrible it's so bad so i don't know man. anything else you want to add about uh predator mortal Kombat jujitsu uh yeah it's it's bad um 
there's nothing that can save this. I, I really, I only wish, my only wish is that a Rift Tracks comes out on this so I can Ooh, really that would appreciate be it. Yeah. Maybe we should just make one. Are we funny enough for that? I think so. I am. I'm effing hilarious, brah. Mm. See, that mm. was good right there. Yeah, it was. Gold. Put it in the bank. One day. You know what? I, at some point, maybe, you know, I still have that Twilight commentary. <laughs> oh my I God, still please have don't. It. Don't do it. <laughs> See, here's the problem. We tried to do all this in one take, but the Rift Tracks guys, they do this over and over and over again until they get the jokes right, right? And then they do the, the final one, you know? Yeah. Yeah. That's true. We, we do have the ability. I just was doing some research about setting up a pay section of the website. Mm-hmm. And that's where I would throw stuff like that. But um, yeah. so much free time. I know. You're a big baller now, man. That's true. That's... Got a big promo at work there. Yeah. Good times. Uh Jitsu. F's across the board. Currently available on Netflix. Go ahead, go to that forty six minute mark. Wait for Cage to explain the whole movie, which you're about to hear. It's just an email at feedback at the first run dot com. Are we wrong? Is Jujitsu the martial arts film you've been waiting for? Is it like the raid? No thank you. I wanna watch Jujitsu. It comes from there. It's the comet you see in the sky right now. It passes over the Earth every six years and causes a portal right here. But when it's open, we get a visitor from a distant galaxy. I mean, he actually comes here from a place millions of light years away looking for a fight with you, the chosen jujitsu. And if he doesn't get it, he stays and he kills everything. He taught our ancestors how to fight him. Then you took an oath. And that's how he did it. That's how he gave you jujitsu. Let me explain this. I'm just going to tell you. Nick Cage is the guy's dad. All right? And that's the big twist in the movie. It is so infuriating. It exists just to have some cheap stinger for the final fight. They say, you killed my dad type of thing, but it never happens. <laughs> and it's just, it's bad. It's really bad. Cage Fest Awards, Matt. What are we doing? God, I don't even know. This is the <laughs> Cage Fest Awards. I'm going to go, I'm going to start with best performance. All right. Okay. My favorite performance. Right. Now I'm removing unbearable weight of massive talent because that's right. like a legit movie. Yeah, we, we agreed at the start of this we were going to take this out, that out. It's not a part of the fest, even though it kicked the fest off. That's right. That's right. So, okay. I'm going to go with Gary Faulkner and Army of One. With mm. Cage doing that weird voice in a film that is just, at times, delightfully bizarre. <laughs> yeah. So, I think him as Gary Faulkner is great. And particularly that scene, too, at the bar where he challenges the military guys to a knife-throwing contest at the dartboard. Right. Yeah. You know, little things like that. Um, we had that stinger the other week where he says, all right, Semper Fi, you know, it's just, so I don't know. I had the most fun probably with army of one and his role in that one. So that's my pick. Yeah. I think that's really the only answer you can give, but that's also my answer of the films that we watched. Uh, his, uh, turn as Gary Faulkner in army of one is by far the best performance that he put in. But here's the thing. You want to know why that is, why that overall it's because that? Cage was the star. These other three films, he just kind of shows up like 45 minutes in is in, is in maybe, you know, 10 minutes of total screen time. You know, that makes perfect sense. I hadn't even thought about it, but you're entirely right about that. So what's the worst performance, Matt, for you? All right. So I know we just talked about this and I know you're going to have a disagreement just based on what you just said. But honestly, I'm going to say jujitsu over vengeance a love story because there's just something about cage folding it in so hard with vengeance a love story that it almost makes it sublime watching this thing um so i'm gonna have to go with jujitsu and i think it's also just because it's brought down by everything around it like he's doing his gamiest best to try and make it crazy and it's just not working for him i don't i don't know i think he the fact that he gets to do that fight scene which is yeah. clearly him the entire time doing backflips and jumping up and down and doing I'm stuff. Sure. Of course, it's definitely it is, yes. him. Not an action yeah. double. No, double at all. not at all. A fifty-plus-year-old man doing backflips. Yes. <laughs> but um, 
No, I just think it's going to go for me. It's Vengeance of Love Story because, like I said, he's sleepwalking through that movie, and it, it's disappointing because I like my exploitation films. Yeah, but not this one. It's uh, not. He's not good in that at all. It's just there's just something oddly like car wreck about it that I just I just can't I just have to keep watching. Yeah. Just like he, he just like like him just shooting that guy in the head just like so nonchalantly like it's just like Cage was just like just wanted to get back to his trailer so he just like 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 Indiana Jones did, you know. So that's interesting. So that uh, was my first pick for the best Cage moment in the series mm. because I love how cold he is in that particular scene. Right. He just says the guy's name, kind of gets him to you know pull the knife out, and then just pops him. And right. I'm like, that's a badass move, man. That's a guy who snapped. It's yeah. just unfortunately the the rest of the film doesn't really have that moment again. Sure, sure. So then, what's next? Best film? Yeah, I guess it's, for me, it's going to be Army of One. Yeah, uh, I don't, I don't see what else it could possibly be. Right. It was the most entertaining uh, of the franchise. Let me see. I have my notes here. What do we? How do we do here? We gave Army of One. I wish I could read my own handwriting. That would make this really easy. Mm-hmm. There we go. I gave it a C. You gave it a C plus. Yeah. And we never got any higher. No. <laughs> this is really saying something, folks. That's that is piss poor. Yeah. This has been one of the worst marathons we've done in quite a while. <laughs> well, it's still not as bad as the B movie one, where we hoped it would be fun, but it was not. Oh, that's true. That's fair. <laughs> Yeah, that's true. was it the straight to DVD one? You mean? Yeah, like with zombies and and stuff like that. God, oh, that was yeah. a bad marathon. That was a, that was, was a slog. What was the what was the one? With, was it bad bodies or antibodies? The one about the the, the penis who would go around and <laughs> yes, oh uh, yeah, bad Milo. Is that it? No, no, it wasn't bad Milo. Something bodies. I thought it was in it. Anyway, it was really bad. Yeah. yeah. Ooh. All right then, Matt. Best cage moment in the marathon. Uh, I really struggled with this. I don't really know what his best scene is or his best part is. I I guess maybe the hang gliding in Army of One, where he comes down in the American flag hang glider into uh, into Al Qaeda's uh, mountain retreat and uh, kills everybody single handedly and fights uh, Osama bin Laden. Really? Versus what? No, that's exactly mine as well. Unfortunately, oh, so I was I was really hoping we'd have something. That's, yeah, no, that's the exact moment I picked too. I initially had the we like pops a bad guy in the head, but in the end, I said the army one hang glide kind of fight sequence thing is yeah. probably the highlight of the entire marathon, and even that was just okay. Yeah, you know, it was fun. it was the strongest moment in the movie that was not exactly riddled with strong moments. Mm. Or riddled, littered. What the hell am I saying? I don't know what you're saying. I'm riddled. just going with it. Army of One Hankle. Yeah, no, that's that's it. We didn't have a lot of female performances, so I don't really know what we would run with. Maybe with Wendy McCoven from uh, what is it from? Yeah, from Army of One again. Yeah. Also, Radio Nine One One. Yeah, exactly. That would be yeah. the best female performance. I guess it's not. It's. I don't know. Let's just let's just call it. We we're we're gonna clear fifty minutes. I feel bad. I feel good about that. Okay. Uh, All right. <laughs> maybe we'll see when we're done editing. Either way, Cage Fest. Um, yeah. Not great. Not great. I not would give. Great. What would you give the marathon itself? I would give it probably a D. Yeah, I'd give it a D. I think it's our second worst marathon. I think that straight to DVD one was the absolute worst, mm-hmm. but this is a close second because at least. We got a C film out of that where I think in the straight to DVD one, they were all like these and F because they were awful. Yeah. Good times. Ooh, Cage Fest. Did you follow along? Did you play along with the, with the, with the kids here? Shoot us an email at feedback <laughs> at the first run.com. What awards would you give? Speaking of kids, have you watched Kids in the Hall yet? I have not. I need it to. Is, I have not started watching it. It is phenomenal. Yeah. I've seen you raving about it on Twitter. I, I'm blown away by how good it is. Yeah, it, it really, right. I've watched, I think, six episodes now. And I think last weekend, so you dropped the ball. Last weekend was their numbers weekend that was okay. determined if they were re- renewed or not for gotcha. the season. I hope so. The The buzz has been great. So yeah. hopefully they get a second season. Listen, folks, if you're a Kids in the Hall fan at all, this show is absolutely hilarious. Good time. But I still haven't watched any of my Better Call Sauls. So yeah. I got stuff to watch on my flight to Connecticut this weekend, which is a big thing. 
that's a big announcement. Matt and I are going to go see a movie together for the first time wow. in two years. Well, probably pre-COVID. longer than that. Yeah, probably three. But yeah, but even longer than that. Yeah, I don't know when the last time you were up here was. Three. It's been a long time. We'll be discussing Top Gun, Maverick. Now, is it it's going to be as good as everybody says it is. Is the football scene going to rival the volleyball scene? I don't. Is know it if football that's or basketball? I thought it's which it's football. It's definitely football on the beach. Okay, yeah. Listen, I listen. I I'm not the biggest fan of Top Gun. I don't think <laughs> which, it's very good. Which still astounds me, being such an '80s kid that you are, and yeah. like like you never connected with it. I, Chris had never seen it until he was like in his 30s. So like, no, of course like, he did. Th- last year or this year when he's in his 40s. You know, uh, that's that's not. I probably me. just I should have let you run with 30s. Yeah, yeah. No, it, yeah, no. I probably listened to Take My Breath Away more times than I've seen Top Gun easily, yeah. <laughs> Still, I don't know. I'm hearing great things, we'll see. And then, to go along with the fun and adventure of Top Gun, Matt, yeah. we're going to discuss the uh, Asian zombie film that is supposed to be just one of the more harrowing cinematic experiences of the past few years called Sadness. Okay. So, it's currently streaming on Shudder. And it is okay. supposed to be very intense. So prepare okay. yourself. Make sure you watch it with a uh, first run junior and really freak okay. the hell out. <laughs> Will do. In the meantime, you can uh, check us out on well, the first run.com. You can find the archives of the old shows and our report card is on there. Now the report card isn't up to date because we want to give you a little lead time to listen to the show. So you don't go straight to the mm-hmm. report card and see what grade we gave a movie. And then check us out on Twitter, YouTube, Facebook, Instagram. Do a search for The First Run. Scroll, scroll, scroll. Eventually you'll find us. Of course, we have links to all of them on the website. And then uh, go over to Apple Podcasts and give us a review. It'll help other people find the show. And I guess, Matt, that's going to be it for another wonderful, wonderful week. I'm excited to see you. I was trying to see if we could try and actually record that night afterwards, like at a bar or something, but or do something. Right. I don't know, but I think it's just going to be too much of a task to do that. So, anyway, it's going to be a lot of fun. Take care of yourselves, folks. Uh, We love you very much, and uh, we'll see you soon. $2,000. It's a lot of money. Takes me three years to earn it. Tell me, isn't the sheriff supposed to be courageous, loyal, and above all honest? Yeah, that he is. I think you people need a new sheriff. <laughs>